Monday motivation. Start your week off flying high. Monday motivation. It's your time to rise and shine. All right, guys. I'm so excited because I'm here with Matt Tanner. And Matt Tanner is this amazing pilot that I, we're going to get a chance to interview today for our Monday Motivation. And uh, I just want to say, Matt, thank you for being here. Thank and, you. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Um, I'm originally from Georgia. I've been in Colorado for about 15 years now. And I've been flying since I was 18 years old. And so that's about 20 years that I've been flying. And... Uh, started off flying because a buddy of mine got into it, and I thought, hey, if if he can do it, then I can do it. And so we were teenagers, and he got his private pilot certificate, and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So that was an inspiration for me, and uh, it's something that I've been doing ever since then, and I love it. All right. And Matt, I have a question for you. Can you tell us... What happened on April 29, 2015? Can you just give us, like, if anybody's sitting and listening to this, can you just, like, tell us exactly what happened? Sure. So I was, I was involved in an accident, but, um, but let me give you a little bit of background first. So, uh, so in uh, 2008, so about 10 years ago, I started flying aerobatics. And, um, it's something that I've always wanted to do ever since I got to go upside down in an airplane. And so I decided, uh, that I wanted to fly aerobatic competitions and air shows and that kind of thing. And so I started flying in a plane called a pits and I started doing competitions and then that moved on to flying air shows. And I got some of the best training from uh, the best flight schools in the country. And, uh, it was really awesome. And I was really confident in my abilities. And, um, another thing that I did along the way is to teach aerobatics and to teach unusual attitude recovery and spin recovery and that that kind of thing. And so, <clears throat> so flying an airplane upside down is something that I'm really comfortable with. I love doing. And so, uh, over the last, uh, or pr- the few years leading up to this, um, I had been teaching aerobatics. And so, you know, going upside down and doing spins, that kind of thing is something that, uh, I just would do all the time. So that was a normal thing to me. So anyway, fast forward a little bit, uh, on April 29th, 2015, I'm, uh, I'm flying with a, a friend of mine. His name was Isaac, and I'd just met Isaac a couple months before at our church's uh, youth camp. And uh, he was in my cabin, and so we got to talking. And um, he's kind of a reserved guy, and so I had offered to, to take him flying because I thought that might be a cool activity for him and just something fun and something neat for us to do together. <clears throat> so he'd never been in a small airplane before, and so we decided on Wednesday, uh, April 29th that, uh, we would go flying. And so we went out to uh, Meadow Lake airport, which is just Northeast of Colorado Springs. And we got in a plane called a go Bosch and, uh, which is a light sport airplane. We took off and we were flying out over the front range near Pikes peak. And it was beautiful. And he was having a great time and, um, he had, you know, never flown a plane before. And so, 
or been in a plane, much less flown one. And so he was having a great time uh, flying and, and we were seeing, you know, the beautiful mountains and it was just a really great day. And so we actually also flew over his house and uh, he called his mom on his cell phone. So we waved at his mom and that was really neat. And so then, <clears throat> so then we were doing a couple different maneuvers and we we're about to start heading back to the airport uh, to where we had taken off from to land and be done with our flight. And, um, we were doing some stalls and steep turns and some other normal things that are just stuff that you do in basic training when you're learning how to fly. And so we, I was demonstrating a stall. He had been flying and he had been climbing. And so we were up at about, um, a little over 11,000 feet, uh, over black forest, which is, uh, just North of Colorado Springs. And, I decided to demonstrate a, a, a stall to him. And so what happened was um, you, know, you just gradually pull the nose back. And what is supposed to happen is the airspeed decreases and then the nose drops once you exceed what's called the critical angle of attack. And then, you know, the nose drops and you add some power and lower the nose and you're back to flying again. And it's it's a non-event. It's really not, not a big deal. And so uh, what can happen after a stall is you can go into a spin. Um, but as I said before, I've done, I've done thousands and thousands of spins. So that a spin is not a big deal. So, um, so what happened was we get up, uh, we're at about 11,700 feet, <clears throat> and I'm demonstrating the stall for him, and it immediately goes into a spin. Um, and having said that, let me just say that this, the airplane that I was flying was one I'd only been flying, uh, for just a little bit. It, I didn't have a lot of time in that particular plane. Um, but, um, I didn't think that that would, would matter. Uh, and so, um, anyway, the plane goes into a spin and, uh, at first it was, a, you know, no big deal. Hey, another spin, not a problem. And within a few seconds, I started to initiate the recovery control inputs and the aircraft was unresponsive. And so what was going on was we were in an upright spin, meaning we were, our heads were up and our, you know, the wheels are down. So normal, right. But instead of flying forward, we're now our trajectory is pretty much straight down and we're falling kind of like a maple leaf. And so, um, so we were turning or yawing, rotating to the left. And so, uh, and it, and it was speeding up. It, it got into what was called a flat spin. So the flat means that our nose was not pointing towards the ground, but more towards the horizon. And so <clears throat> anyway, it was a flat upright left spin. And, um, and and the airplane wouldn't recover. So Matt, my question for you is: When all this has happened, right? All these uh, emotions are happening. You're thinking about you are going to tr- uh, crash. What is the words that came out of your mind, uh, or, uh, out of your mouth? What is the first thing that you were thinking at that moment? Well, the first thing I was thinking was, oh, well, this is no good. Um, Again, right away, it wasn't an emergency type thing. And so the engine quit, which I could get into all the reasons why it quit, but that's not important. Mm -hmm. And it it wasn't really a big deal at the time either. Um, And so that wasn't a problem with regards to recovering or it shouldn't have been. 
And so, but then I was thinking, oh, great. Now, now not only do I have to get us out of a spin, I have to get the engine restarted as well, uh, which sounds horrible, but it should not have been that big of a deal. So at first it was just, it was mostly an embarrassment and an inconvenience, you know, embarrassing because Isaac's there and I'm, you know, the plane's not doing what I want it to do and inconvenient in the sense of, ah, great, now I have to take extra steps. Um, so, but that, but to be honest, that only lasted about 10 seconds or so, uh, which I'm talking about it, but that 10 seconds sounded, felt, felt like a long time. And so, um, but yeah, so soon, so quickly I realized like, Hey, this is not, this really is, is not going to do what I want it to do. It's, it doesn't look like it's going to recover. And, um, and it wasn't that I froze up, you know, like I've, like I said, I've been in lots of spins. So when I take people up and go into a spin for the first time, you know, as far as they're concerned, they feel like they're in a washing machine, you know, they're all turning around and it's very disorienting. And so, but for me, it's, it's, it's not, I know exactly what's going on and exactly what to do. I knew exactly what I was doing. And so that was the problem was, I knew what was supposed to be happening, but it wasn't. And so it, it did quickly move into an inconvenient situation into a, Oh no, this is not good. (laughs) You know, uh, I'm not sure at this point what to do. And Mm -hmm. so, so yeah. So at the, after that, uh, it, it became a little bit of a panic and you know, that panic probably lasted another five or 10 seconds. And, uh, and that was just a sense of I'm not in control and and that's when the fear started to show up mm-hmm. um like oh great you know this is this is outside of of what i can handle um and and then after that uh the next feelings and since we're talking about feelings <clears throat> the next kind of set of feelings was a realization that this is for sure like we've gone from inconvenience to oh great now what to I know what's coming and there's nothing I can do about it. And so it was, it was really scary. Uh, and scary in the sense, not, not for me. It was one of those, like, I knew that I was going to die. Um, not, Oh no, I could possibly be injured or this is not going to be good. It was, this is the last thing I'm ever going to see. This is, the person that I'm going to die with. And this, you know, and, and I was sad for him because I knew that he was going to die. And, uh, I was sad for my family because, uh, I have three children and I knew that they were going to grow up without a dad. And, uh, I mean, I, I know this sounds like a lot to think about in just a few short seconds, but that's what it was. So, um, for me, it was just, I mean, you know, anger, angry at myself and, and the situation, um, fearful for my kids and my family, uh, and just sad, you know, I was thinking, you know, this is, I didn't think that this was going to be it, you know? So, um, so anyway, so as we're going, uh, what I was was saying, oh, and by the way, fortunately, or I, I guess if you think of it that way, fortunately, Isaac was actually wearing a GoPro camera. And so, um, I would have been able to remember all of the details uh, fairly clearly, but because uh, we have a video of it, um, it's it's easy to go back and you know very specifically see moment by moment what was going on. And so what I said was, um, I called out to the Lord. Um, the I, I called out to Jesus twice uh, initially, um, and then I said, Jesus, help us. 
And uh, as I was doing that, physically what I was doing was continuing to make the correct control inputs for recovery. So I never quit flying or attempting to fly the airplane. Physically, that's what was going on. But in my head, I was, you know, realizing that this was this was it. I was about to go meet my creator, you know, within the next few seconds. And um, and so so then as we're falling, Isaac says, um, should I brace? And uh, and I I was thinking there's no reason to brace. There's nothing there's nothing to brace for. This is we're just we're going to name we're going to die. And so um, he asked, you know, should I brace? And I said, we're going to die. And then, um, I call out to, to Jesus again, two more times. And, um, I just, I called his name and, uh, I asked Jesus to help us. And then, uh, and then as we're continuing to fall, um, which at this point, uh, the fall starts to seem like it's taking a long time, which was kind of, which was just, you know, crazy. I mean, it's one of those, usually when you see videos of people, in crashes, they, they know a second or two before they're going to die. You know, here we were falling for over a minute. Turns out it was a minute and 17 seconds that we were falling. Um, and so that, that was a, that's a long time to know that you're going to die. Uh, that was, that was the the worst. (laughs) Um, so anyway, as we're falling, uh, I start kind of yelling and screaming kind of, you know, at the situation and what was going on. And, uh, Isaac began to pray and, um, he asked the Lord to forgive him of his sins. And he asked, um, that, uh, that he would be in heaven, um, with his, with his father, with his uh, heavenly father. And then he started uh, saying goodbye. And so that's the other thing. I, Isaac was uh, aware of the camera and so he started saying goodbye to his family and his, his grandparents and his sister and um, some, and I guess some friends. And, um, and I, I was hearing him say that, but it didn't register to me that he was thinking about the camera. So I, I guess if I had to <clears throat> go back and do it again, I would have <laughs> said some goodbyes, that kind of thing. But that was not what was on my mind. Um, and then as we continued to fall, uh, I, I realized, you know, it was just the realization just kept getting more and more clear that this is it. Um, and we're just waiting for impact. Um, both of us kind of became real quiet right before the impact, uh, which again, seemed like it took forever. Cause I just kept waiting for it and waiting for it. And it, it continued to, we continued to fall. So anyway, what happened was, um, Obviously, we're still here, praise the Lord. And um, <clears throat> so what happened, um, you know, as, as I was falling, I was thinking, you know, it doesn't matter what we hit. It's, it, we could hit a rock, a tree, a house, a driveway, a mountainside, you know, a, a whatever, a hill, whatever it is, doesn't matter, you know. Um, and I could not see what was directly below us because we were pretty much level. And so... Um, so what happened, and I'll, you know, again, I, I kind of experienced it in slow motion, so I'll describe what I was experiencing. So I could see the trees start to come up, so I knew that we were, you know, we were over the forest, there, here's some trees, I start to see them in my, in my uh, peripheral vision, and uh, from there till the time we hit was only about a second or so, but, uh, you know, I start to see the trees come up, and we're in a spin, a turn to the left, and so... Um, we were facing south-southeast uh, when we 
touched the ground. And so I could tell that we were hitting the ground or we were making impact as it was happening. And then <clears throat> I could tell that we were um, I, somersaulting. I thought it was actually forward. Turns out, looking back at the video and what happened, that we were rolling backwards. But I, I, I could just tell that we were rolling. Um, it, again, it happened quickly. But um, And then uh, I remember thinking in that split second, you know, hey, I'm, I'm still experiencing this. And I'm still here. And I'm still alive. And... Uh, and then we came, we came to rest, uh, upside down and it was, it was extremely violent and it was a loud, loud and, and rough and, um, big crash. It was a crash. And, um, so we ended up upside down <clears throat> and within a second of us being upside down, um, I looked at Isaac, I said, are you okay? And he said, I'm fine. And I said, we lived. And, uh, I mean, I screamed it <laughs> and, uh, and he's, he screamed, thank you, Jesus. And, uh, a couple times and, um, and we were just, you know, rejoicing, you know, that we're still here. And so, um, then, uh, once the dust, literally the dust settles, I mean, I had, I had dirt all in my hair and ear and ears and eyes. And I mean, you know, it was, it was crazy. So literally once the dust, dust settled a few seconds later, <clears throat> we, I realized, you know, we need to get out. Uh, I've, I've known of a number of people who have um, survived airplane accidents only to, to die in a fire uh, that followed. And so I said, we need to get out of here. And so, um, so we, long story short, we were able to break the window and un- unbuckle our seatbelts and get out. And there wasn't a fire, uh, thankfully. Um, but what happened was the, the, the nose of the airplane hit on this side of this hill, um, which was very steep to start off with, but then gradually, uh, shallowed out to what was, uh, like a Creek bank. And, um, and so because of that, our impact was not all at once. It wasn't a flat, hard impact. Uh, it was dispersed over time and, and distance, uh, which wasn't much, but it was enough to spread out, spread out the impact. And so we actually hit and rolled, uh, in our case, backwards, uh, down the hill, one, you know, half, half of a roll till we were upside down and then came to rest upside down. And so the airplane, <clears throat> the nose was destroyed. The, uh, the tail was destroyed. And so where we were, uh, this little, you know, the two seater side by side, um, we hit just in such a way that we were okay. And, uh, you know, our part of the airplane was, uh, was damaged, but still intact and held its shape for the most part. And so we got out and we waited for the, um, the fire and the EMS and, and, and that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, the rest is, is our recovery. But in that moment, that was the most surprised that I'd ever been because Mm -hmm. I was more sure than anything that I was going to die. And that was it. Wow. And uh, not dying was was the most surprising part. Right. So uh, wow, this is this is is so incredible, and the story itself is just like you you can't even imagine being in that situation. So I know, and this is my question: is how did that change the outlook that you see in life? Because this is a definitely a life change event. So <clears throat> I wouldn't say that it, this changed my perspective so much as it did highlight certain things for me. Um, you know, I, I have not, uh, 
Uh, I have a, a faith in, in Jesus Christ um, that I've had since I was uh, eight years old. And so, you know, that didn't change. But it did reemphasize to me uh, and make very clear that we are not on this earth any longer or any shorter than the Lord wants us to be. And so the, the, he's got the whole world in his hands, you know, he knows what's going on with us. And so we're, you know, so that was made really clear that, uh, we're only here as long as he wants us here. Awesome. And, uh, Matt, our podcast is about Monday motivation, which is most of our, our, our friends are listening this on Monday to get their day started so they can face the week. So how do you see Mondays? That's my questions. How do you see Mondays? Sure. So Mondays, I guess probably most people are not liking Mondays more than they are because Monday means the first day of the work week. And so, you know, if Monday, if, if, if you're associating Monday with going back to work and that's a bad thing, then that probably means that you, you, you might be doing a job that is not satisfying. And, um, I think that one of the best things for me is that I've been able to, to find a job doing what I like doing. And so I would, I would encourage people to make sure that what they're doing is something that they really enjoy doing. And, um, and so, you know, for me, Monday's a day, you know, sure that starts off my work week, but, uh, I'm doing something that I love. And so that's, that's really awesome. I'm blessed to be able to do that. Awesome. And what I want to ask you is also, um, if you have a quote that you live by and what it is and, and can you tell us why? Sure. Um, I guess I would have a couple. <clears throat> the first one would be from the Bible from first uh, Corinthians ten thirty one. It says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so in my case, I have found that when I'm the happiest, it's because I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. Uh, it's because I'm living a life that is glorifying to him, or at least that's my goal. Um, another thing would be, uh, from the movie, uh, chariots of fire. Uh, the character's name is Eric little and, um, he is a runner and he, uh, his family is missionaries and he comes from a family of missionaries. And so uh, there's this one scene in the movie where his sister who thinks that run the running is ridiculous and that there's no point to it. Uh, she says, you need, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically, she says, you need to stop doing this running thing. You need to come be a missionary in China because that's what God wants you to do. And he says, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And so to me, that just goes back to the, you know, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Again, in his case, I mean, God made him to be fast. So, you know, if God made you a good artist or he gave you a great voice or he, you know, gave you skills in finance or to be able to diagnose illnesses or whatever it is, you know, if you're doing what the Lord has made you to do, then you'll feel his pleasure and that's where you'll be most satisfied. So those are two, uh, two, a verse and a quote that I, uh, that I like a lot. That's beautiful. That's really wonderful. And um, this would be our last thing here of the day is how can you encourage someone to just keep going in life? I know you just did encourage, but like if you can give um, 
a five-hour shot express because people are going to go out and do they have to conquer things? This it would be like, what, what, how can you do that? Like, tell us, like, what, what is the five-hour energy from you? Like, give us the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't know if I have a magic recipe, but I would, I think a lot of times people look in the short term and they do things for now or, or for tomorrow or next week. I would think do things uh, for the long term. What are your goals for the next few months or years and work towards those things? Do something each day that will get you closer to that um, because success is – we like to measure success in big chunks, but it doesn't come in big chunks uh, most always. Uh, like I'm trying to teach my kids how to – play instruments and they want to see progress each time they pick up the uh, guitar or the drumsticks. And I have to keep reminding them that, uh, that they're going to, they have to keep going and it's going to be, uh, weeks or months before they look and back and realize like, Oh, I see where I am now. And I see where I, how I got here and what it took. Um, so a lot of times it's tough when you're in the moment and when you're in that day, when you, you know, when you're trudging through. Um, but it's, it's always really rewarding to be able to look back and see what got you there. And so kind of keep that in mind is what I would recommend. Well, Matt, I think your story is just extraordinary. And I, I was so touched. I remember this went to the Neils and people were talking about, I was so happy that you were alive, that your family had you. And uh, I was so happy that um, you're living this life with a purpose. And one of the things that you said that is just really, really cool is do things for like with the long term as a vision. This is just so amazing. And I hope that one day you can share, you keep sharing these stories with more and more people so these stories can be shared that every day is a gift and we treasure um, the chance that we get to live this one life and uh, and make the best out of it. And uh, I am so thankful, uh, first, because you are our friends. You know, we your family is really close to our family and you support us and our dreams and you are... Um, my very second guest after my husband. <laughs> so, it, you know, I just feel so blessed to be able to call you guys friends and also so blessed to see you guys living this life and uh, being um, healthy and uh, being able to pour out, you know, this much blessings to all the people around you guys. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Rebecca. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great Monday. Se divertir, tocar na cicatriz e sentir que já não dói.